Um, just a couple of thoughts that, that I, as I was praying about this, um, and Brad and I were listening to a message, and actually it dovetails off of a message that I taught when I came out to Lynette's group um, out in Gunnersville, because um, I was talking about that verse in Isaiah. Can you help me find it? It's Isaiah, the one that talks about enlarge. It's Isaiah 54. 54, right? 54. And so um, I'm going to read it to you. Because the Lord's been dealing with, with this area for me. He knows I need the growth in this area. So. Larger territory. Yes. 54.2, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm going to start with verse 1, though, because then verse 2 kind of makes sense. The whole enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. It, you know, it does, it, it can be woohoo, exciting, but if you don't understand the context, then it's, it kind of loses its, its um, gusto there. It says, verse 1, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtain of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of the, your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. And so, you know, we, we talk about... Uh, Lord, give us the nations, right? We talk about, Lord, I want to have more influence in, in, in different uh, spheres with other people so I can share your love. You know, we talk about, Lord, uh, bring down some barriers in my family so I can really just pour in some truth and some love and some, some power because they, they need something that will change their life. They need transformative power and all of those things. And so I, I want to... I want to put that context out there because that is our outlook as a body of Christ. We're constantly thinking about how can I be a blessing wherever I go and not just uh, a smile and a hug, but the power of prayer, the power of hope, the power of like just the power. And so when I read this verse, I think I ministered this to Katie the other night when we prayed, but um, when as a singer, it says, sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth in singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. You know, it's kind of telling you to really make up a song because you're now joyful, but you're barren. And to make up a song and start singing, you kind of have to really feel it. <laughs> Words won't, won't really come to you if you're just you know, la, 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 la. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about rejoicing. It's talking about rejoicing before you see the outcome you are hoping for, that you are expecting. And um, it's talking about not just singing a, a, 
something poetic. It's, it's actually talking about making a lot of noise with this joyful song that's coming out of us in expectation for what God has promised for us, right? And so here, he's, he's, his promise was to, to bring children to, to the barren woman. And so um, this lady, you know, had to, had to stop and sing, but not only sing, and not only sing excitedly, she also had to add a room to her house. That's what he's basically saying is, so once you've, once you've gotten excited about the outcome that I have promised you before you've ever even seen it, you need to rejoice. And then it says, and go ahead and make preparations. Go ahead and make a bigger room. Go ahead and make room for this baby that's going to be coming. For not just this baby, but these children that are going to be coming. And, she, and he goes on to say, you know, for you shall expand to the right and the left. You're going to have to add lots of rooms. You're, you shall. Shall is like that strong, you're going to. But it's a very strong, you're going to. Okay? Yeah. It's, it's the strongest thing you could say in English about future tense. It, yeah. It's going to happen. And so it does, and it says it to such degree that it says not only that, but your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. You know, um, to inherit the nations doesn't mean we get to be a king of England necessarily. What it means is our spiritual heritage our spiritual children, you know, that means that our physical and spiritual children will continue to have spiritual and, ch and physical children and bring all these souls to the Lord. Mm -hmm. All these people to the Lord. Point all of these hearts back towards the Lord. Teach them more of the truth. Uh, lead them into his presence and worship. Um, prophesy over them and help them connect to God's heart for them. That's really what prophecy does, you know? It really, it helps connect Father's heart to that person. And we just get to be that conduit and we get to see it happen. And so, um, but I can't read this without there being a huge element of joy here. You know, when um, my grandmother, she was, she was so feisty and, and just a funny lady. She, she had some eccentric things that she would do. Um, but she was a go-getter, so she this, she was Guatemalan, okay, and she became a doctor later on in life. She was something else first, and then decided she was just going to be a doctor. You know, around my age, decided to go back to med school and wow. got her done. You know, and so here she is, and we get over to her house one day, and my granddad's like, "I'm leaving," and we're like, "Where are you going?" There's been builders here since six this morning, and I have no idea why. And they're pounding on walls and tearing down that corner of the house and adding over there and doing this and doing the other. Grandma had just taken over, and she decided she wanted a solarium there, and she wanted a such and such there. She, she just got them in there and never and forgot to tell my granddad. You know, like, didn't even inform him. So he wakes up to the pounding of things, you know. I'm out of here. This is ridiculous, you know, all this stuff. Well... But there was such a joy because we were expecting, what, what's this going to look like when you're done? This is so exciting. Why didn't you tell anybody? She's just like, I've been thinking about it forever, and I just had to pull the trigger on it and get her done. You know, okay, fine. Um, and so this house that used to be this size 
Over the years, she did it over and over. And he'd always just leave the house because he didn't know about it to begin with. <laughs> and she's making it happen again. And by the time that the last time I saw that house, because she's gone on to be, both of them have gone on to be with the Lord. Um, it's, it was funny because you walk in and, and the house should have stopped right there. But it kept going and it kept going. And then it kept going. And then it kept going. <laughs> it kept going. <laughs> It was hilarious. This mm. house never ended. But, you know, she just, she, I, I guess she should have studied to be an architect too or something. But I love it because the excitement and the joy that it brought to have a new room added to the house. Because, well, we need to expand that. Yeah. And we need, and you know what, it was big thinking. Yeah. Part of it later on in her life, she, they had no idea this was going to happen. But the city exploded in growth. And they both had clinics and labs because they were both biochemists and she was a doctor. And so then the, the, it just exploded in growth and rent went through the roof. Well, they brought their labs and clinics home because they had actually prepared this huge, I mean, I kid you not, it's half the size of this room. And she could have had like a mini like hospital in there, you oh, know, wow. because she could, she did, she had like four beds and all the stuff she needed and all the things. So she had this private clinic with the labs off, tucked off in the corner. And she, not that she had prepared, but she had prepared for something. She knew something. She knew that space was going to be needed for something. So I might as well build, right? Mm -hmm. Guys, there is such a joy when you're making things happen because you're seeing, um, you're seeing your dream come to pass even though it hasn't come to pass yet yes. you are making something happen you're expanding you're getting ready for it and i've been doing a little bit of sci a scientific studies you know um listening let's just put it that way i'm listening to some scientific studies about just how our brain works the excitement you feel about something and the anticipation that you feel about something is just as emotionally valuable to you, like with all the good, good, the good hormones that it releases in your body and everything, as the actual event. Yeah. Right? So the anticipation of it and the excitement of it is just as, as valid, if you will, as the actual event. Your brain doesn't know the difference between the actual event and your anticipation for it. Yeah. Which is why hope is so powerful. Our, our expectation of things, our imagining of things that are to come, you know. And so I know we did a whole series uh, at the beginning of summer on imagination. And then we talked a lot about that imagination fueling the beliefs of our heart, right? Our subconscious, right. our heart, and how we can rewire those things using our imagination. Well, this is no different. You have, that, that was laying the groundwork, really. For now, rejoicing when you still haven't seen the answer. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, okay, I'm like totally depressed and now I've got to out of nowhere pull out this joy. You know what? You can command your body to rejoice. Mm -hmm. You can actually, I find it very interesting. Okay, when, when other people's kids are around me, this is very funny. I, ho I uh, babysit for... Um, for the ballet teachers at the ballet place where Sophia, Sela goes, I'm sorry, where Sela goes. So uh, once a week, I babysit the teacher's kids. I find it really funny that they will listen to me. They will obey me. 
they know that I mean business. I'm sweet. I've never, not, I've never raised my voice. But there's something about me, and they know it, right? And then when mama comes, she can't herd kittens for nothing. Like, they will not get in the car. They won't pick up their stuff. They kind of pitch a fit because they still want to play, all this stuff. And I'm like, who are you? I've never even seen this side of you because you give me the side where you're going to obey whatever I say, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> and, so, and so I find that funny because um, uh, it, it's amazing how on demand you can dry up those tears. On demand, uh -huh. you can start smiling. On demand, you can get yourself together and yep. sit still. On demand, you can have the self-control. It just takes the right motivation. You know what yep. I mean? <laughs> and so sometimes... Um, it's just it, it's just interesting to me, even myself, you know, if if I'm like so upset and I'm in front of my computer looking at something super frustrated and then somebody calls, I'm like, oh, I got to take that call. Hi, how are you? <laughs> okay, am I being a hypocrite? No. no. I just know how to command my body to do what it needs to do right now. Yeah. Well, why, why can't we do that with rejoicing? With right? Why, why can't we do that with getting excited about something well i don't feel like it well who said you were i didn't feel like answering the phone when the phone rang and i, I knew i needed to take it and i knew i needed to have a good voice when i answered it i didn't feel like it but i needed it yeah right you just need it i think that goes back to what the lord showed me uh, or had been showing me uh that i mentioned last week um about our our body we're we're, we're spirit soul and body and so that's three parts. But then our soul is made up of three parts, the mind, will, and emotions. And it's our soul, our thinking part, our brain part that's connected with our spirit. Mm -hmm. That's what those two parts connect. And so we always hear, you know, our soul, which is our thinking part, our, our, which, our mind, mm -hmm. our will, and our emotions. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and, I, and the Lord showed me a lot of people have that backwards because a lot of people act upon their emotions. Mm -hmm. They see something, they hear something, they experience something, mm -hmm. and it kicks off that emotion. Mm -hmm. And when they kick off that emotion, then their will takes place, goes into action, motivating them to act upon that emotion. Mm -hmm. And when then that happens, it forms the belief in their brain. See, and that's totally backwards. Mm -hmm. Because we should be forming our belief in our mind about whatever it is, according to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. That's right. where our belief lies. It becomes the Word that's in our spirit, mm -hmm. the, in, everything, in our mind, forms that belief. Then our will puts it into action, mm -hmm. and then our emotions can take place. Mm -hmm. And that's walking in faith and responding to that belief, to what the Word of God says, to what God's already done. Yes. You know, that's that, you know, because nowadays, you know, we see that everybody, people are, they're more con controlled by their feelings. For sure. Mm -hmm. You know, that little, that thing that was said on, about Brad on Facebook, you know. <laughs> But uh, oh, being a believer or whatever and said following his feelings and everything, I said, yeah. then that would make him a be, a be feeler. A be feeler. That's what a lot of people are. They're a be feeler because they follow their feelings. That's right. And we're believers yes. because we follow what we, our beliefs, That's which right. is the Word of God. That's right. Amen. Amen. That is so true. Because I know if you have to, if you're in conflict with someone or attempted to be in conflict with someone, you don't always feel like being kind. But you know that kindness is in you. Mm -hmm. That that you shouldn't take account of evil. Mm -hmm. That you don't have to insist on your own rights or your own rights. You mm -hmm. don't have to be touchy mm -hmm. or fretful or resentful. That always gets me. I know. I know. Really? 
really. <laughs> but you don't have to be that way. But acting on the word is what we do, but the feelings will always come after you do what the word says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something that's really on my, on my mind right now is relationships. Okay. I had this relationship with my brother. Mm -hmm. My sister had a relationship with They were not the same. Mm -hmm. We all have our relationship with Jesus, and we should not expect anybody else's relationship to be just like ours. No, mm -hmm. absolutely not. You are, you are correct. That was good practice for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Amen. Amen. No, we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't expect, you know, other people's relationship with Jesus to be like ours. You know, and then that there again, I hate to say that's where um, a lot of Christians falter because they do. You and, know, you know I, I sent you a message the other night when you read it. You remember the thing about the man upstairs mm -hmm. and the big guy? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that sounds real respectful, mm -hmm. but that's just where she is right now. Yeah. We just have to pray her out. Mm -hmm. I think about it words to a song about <clears throat> the words are, nor blush to speak his name. And people who use terms like that are not comfortable saying the name of Jesus. So that's something that I know I need to pray that she will get to where she will be comfortable saying the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. She's developed develop a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. and, and think about what you're saying, the, the word relationship. Part of that word relationship is relate. Mm -hmm. You have a relationship with somebody built on how you relate to them. Yes. And like I said, we don't all relate to each other the same. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and part of having a good relationship with somebody, th that relation is built upon a, a certain amount of intimacy. And I don't mean that in a, a, a romantic intimacy. I mean just a, a, mm -hmm. a togetherness intimacy. Right. You know, and, and you mentioned prayer. Mm -hmm. Prayer is part of it. Because prayer mm -hmm. produces intimacy. You produce prayer with whom you pray for, with whom you pray with, and with whom you pray about. A certain amount of intimacy becomes mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. and builds a relationship. Mm -hmm. Sorry. <laughs> you can have it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just looking for joy. I'm, I'm like, where did the joy go? <laughs> did, did I say no, no, that's not what I mean. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to see um, how to correlate this with the fact that we can have joy on command. And, and the joy is not just there to make us feel good. It's actually a response, the logical response from God's perspective to the things that he's promised us, right? And so, for example, this week, I... Uh, picked up some kind of bug and I wasn't here on Sunday you know all the things and I thought I'd be well over this in two three days and I have a trip coming up on Saturday 
<coughs> so I'm like, I need to be better because where we're going is way higher altitude, different climate. It's going to be cold and, you know, all the things. And so I kind of, I know my body and I needed to be at a certain place. Well, I was focused so much on, I just need to rest. I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling good. I need to rest. And instead, I should have been focusing on joy, you know, but, but this message came to my heart today. And so today, I started focusing on joy. <laughs> so today, I started focusing on joy. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, I started feeling much better. <laughs> much better. Do I look much better? Yes. Yeah, this whole week, I've been like dragon tail big time. Energy levels were 20%. I can, I can tell you exactly where I was at. But it was just like, you know what? I need to not focus on that. I just need to remember. And it doesn't matter what happened, how I got it, how long it should or shouldn't be here. None of that even matters. What matters is God's promise to me and I can rejoice. And so I need to rejoice. And the word talks about in Proverbs how, you know, his word, it, laughter is like medicine. And it's like, oh my goodness, I haven't laughed in a long time. I need to laugh. Well, I don't have real funny movies at the house right now. And last night's movie was funny to some, but not to me. It wasn't funny at all. <laughs> well, to the dudes it was. They, they thought it was hilarious. And so they had a good laugh, but I just kind of chuckle, chuckle. And I'm like, I still want to laugh, but why couldn't I just go, no, I need to start laughing. I need to start laughing. That's going to be medicine for me. I need to start laughing. I need to start laughing, right? And so, and so, and I was feeling weak and slow and sluggish and all that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh my goodness. I can call up this joy. It's already inside of me, right? So I just felt on my heart that I wanted to share that because sometimes we are either believing for something or we've been talking about increase and some of us haven't seen results quite as quickly. You know, I rejoice with Lynette. I'm so excited. I see results in my mindset shifting, but I haven't necessarily seen results monetarily or uh, with, with clients or anything like that. But I still... But the temptation was, well, then I just need to work harder. No, you just need to rejoice. You just need to rejoice. The working harder is what gets in the way. Who said you earned it to begin with? Who said you had to work for it to earn it to begin with? He's providing. He's the provider. Now, it, it will show up in overalls a lot of times, right? The houses don't just clean themselves. Like, it's going to show up and go, another job opportunity. This is phenomenal right? But at the same time, um, we don't have to, to strive and work to earn his provision. That's right. We just need to steward his provision well by working hard at it, right? It, it, it's a subtle shift, but it's important. But with joy, right? And so until we see whatever, it doesn't matter. We can see it in our imagination, in our heart. We can see the healing of your hands, we can see, that's where, where I was headed with that. That's another reason we were a little late. But we can see the healing of your hands, the complete restoration of your skin on your hands and all those whelps gone and all of that stuff because of his promise. And logically, from his perspective, I should be jumping up and down ecstatic because this stuff's got to go, right? Um, from his perspective, looking at my bank account or whatever, 
I should just be jumping up ecstatic because all of my stuff is paid. All of it is paid off. It is all paid completely. You know, nothing missing, nothing lacking, you know, that kind of a thing. But, and this is not emotionalism and it's not, oh, I got to whoop myself up. No, you need to choose the eternal things that are in us, which is joy, in order to bring to pass what we have not earned, which are his promises. And that is really the response to that grace he's given us. That in, the joy, the rejoicing, the enjoying of what he's given us, you know? And so um, those, those were just some, some thoughts, Re, you know, rejoicing in our relationships and in the fact that God will speak to your sister, the fact that he will talk to her. And he has a way, he has a way. How, how he talks to her is going to sound completely different than how he talks mm-hmm. to you. And, you know, but you can rejoice in that. So as you pray, you can be rejoicing because you just, you know him and he's so good and he's so faithful. You're just tickled that, that, that the door is opening right now for him to, to talk to and minister to your sister. You know, so even that when we're praying for things, we don't have to get somber and heavy. We don't. We can rejoice. Now, there's, there's different seasons for different things. I'm not saying one is over the other. It's really what is the Spirit saying, right? Um, and so those are just some of the thoughts that I wanted to, to uh, remind us of as we continue to walk out the things we're learning the things that we're, uh, those seeds that are being sown in our heart of the word, you know, things will come and try to...